0: Hi, I'm Jenny Jenkins, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andros Jones, my friend.
1: Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake We're in the studio, tempting fate
2: Wherever you are,
1: putting questions to the songs which we will remember left here with the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for
3: Radio 8 Ball Show. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and this is the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. This is Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The happening 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 happening
4: happening where we
3: are engaging the pop oracle using the radio 8 ball app which is filled with every song recorded in the 22 year history of radio 8 ball as well as a, a smattering of my own i hope by now you've downloaded the radio 8 ball app if you can it's free and it allows you to play host and conduct your own musical divinations just as we do on the show The app also plays the latest podcast and selects the randomly chosen Pop Oracle's Song of the Day. On last week's episode of Radio 8 Ball, Christian Gisborne of Velvet Starlings asked,
1: Will I ever get to meet the (laughs) Starburns
2: Man,
3: And he received as his randomly chosen answer from the Pop Oracle, Gator, by this week's guest, Jenny Jenkins.
0: I could spend all night shoulder blades so why do we make lemons out of lemonade i've never seen australia or an everglade but gators show up every night i don't get laid open your heart up wide feel them in the ether it's not safe to jump inside but it's not safe to stay here either
3: As I said, this week we'll be spending time with Jenny Jenkins. I recorded my conversation with Jenny on May 11th, 2020, from one hill over in Olympia, Washington. She's hunkered down on the west side of town with her husband and two kids. I'm quarantined all by myself on the north side of town, near the capital. I've known Jenny since the early 1990s. I met her here in Olympia. Her band Super Duo with Jen Cleese and Kelly Coyle used to play shows with my band, The Previous, same when she became Encyclopedia of Fun and then as a solo artist. When Radio 8-Ball began at Chaos, I remember Jenny being one of our earliest callers, maybe before we were even called Radio 8-Ball. For the first few weeks of our existence, the show was called The Pirate Shuffle because my co-host Jeff Stern and I were playing bootleg CDs on shuffle function, but Thanks to callers like Jenny asking questions, it quickly evolved into the Pop Oracle format and then Radio 8 Ball. When we started having musical guests on the show performing their own songs as The Answers, Jenny, along with other Olympians like Chris, Sandman Sand, Scott Taylor, Peter David Connolly, Nomi Lamb, Mudcat, and Paul Plagans were some of the first I asked. Same when we started doing Radio 8 Ball as a live show. That's why many of these artists have so many songs in the Radio 8 Ball app. My conversation this week with Jenny is long and deep and funny, with one of those synchronicities at its heart that's so potent it's as impossible to oversell as it is to deny. That being the case. I don't think I'm going to lay much of a preamble on you except to point out something neither Jenny nor I mention in the episode, but which is ever present in our conversation. That being the fact that we recorded the day after Mother's Day 2020. Now, just hold that in your mind as we go forward into our divination. But before we can uncork the synchronicity, it's time for me once again to debase myself and ask you to, you know, one, download the app. Uh, just do it. Uh, it's fun. It's free. And it's full of great music and uh, a whole world to explore. And... uh I don't know what I can tell you about the Patreon campaign, except that that's where I'm asking my questions. And after 22 years of doing the show, I feel like I'm finally learning how to ask a good question. It's only a buck to do the Patreon campaign, so I know that's not what's stopping you. So I don't know what is. Come on backstage with us. That's where, I, I mean, I'm not saying that these episodes aren't good, but they, you know, they tend to get deeper and better and funnier as we keep going. Uh, so follow us behind the curtain, will you? And then, of course, I don't know why it's so hard to get ratings and reviews, uh, but uh, that's what I'm asking you to do: give us ratings and reviews, good ones, ideally. And if you write a synchronicity story about your experience with the show or with the, the with the podcast or with the app or you know just with the history of the show. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll read it on the, I'll read it on the next podcast after we post it. So, uh, so do that. Okay. And of course, if you're not already, please subscribe to the show. It'll always show up in your podcast feed and it'll help our numbers and you'll be up to date with this and you'll stay in sync with our synchronicity, man. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, before we get to our pop Oracle session, Here's the Pop Oracle song of the day from May 11th, 2020, the day I had my talk with Jenny Jenkins. It's Veda Hilly performing A Toast live on Radio 8 Ball in Olympia, Washington on February 22nd, 2017.
4: This song is called A Toast. From the lucky seed comes a tree and fruit. From one good idea came all these happy evenings. A toast, a toast. Drink wine with your companions. The moon is a good friend. Drink to each other all night long. If we are very still, we can hear the water on the shore. Be quiet, together is as good as all alone. Ah, in sweetness and in sorrow, oh Danny boy, oh Danny boy. A toast, a toast, a toast to good ideas. They may not grow to trees, but they keep us busy all the same. A toast, a toast, a toast to good ideas. They may not grow to trees, but they keep us busy all the same.
3: twenty twenty, with Jenny Jenkins, whose song "Gator" was the answer to Christian Gisborne's question on our last episode. And uh, where are we reaching you, Jenny Jenkins? Some far off, some far off place.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think I'm maybe a, a couple miles away from you, Andres, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> not, I'm yes. not very far. Yeah, I'm just at home.
3: I am reaching you in Olympia, Washington. You are one of
0: An Olympia, Washington. You
3: are one of the Olympia contingent that is represented in the Radio 8 Ball. You have been a guest on Radio 8 Ball pretty much for as long as it's been. You were one of our first. I feel like you're one of the first people who called into the show back before it was even before mm-hmm. you were even a a guest on the show as a musician. And also we our shows were back to back at different points.
0: Yeah, I was going to say weren't you guys Uh, yeah back to like after me or yeah or before yeah at one point
3: you have had a long association with radio eight ball and you have many you have so many songs in the app i think you have like i don't know uh i should look 42 songs in the app wow that's 42 songs that you've played on radio eight ball performed on radio eight ball either live or on the radio so,
2: That's
0: cool. I'm Radio 8 yeah. Ball Famous.
3: It's quite a document. <laughs> it's quite yeah. a document. So before we get into talking about how you feel like your song Gator uh, responded to or related to Christian's question about getting to meet Starburns. How are you? I'm just asking everyone because I feel like I want to kind of studs turkle this a little bit like document. This is a, 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 a unique time and it would be weird to not check in about this how are you pandemic
0: um well um i think i'm we're okay um it's it is a weird time and um i think in some ways we're pretty lucky like um uh my we have a place to live and we have a yard for the kids to play in and um my husband has still has a job so that's good and he's mostly working from home now from uh, upstairs he even has a sort of an office space so it's not like he's trying to work on the kitchen table all the time uh, which is nice Uh, it's kind of challenging because I have my two rambunctious kids and uh, we can't really go places or do very much and we can't really see people so it's this weird combination of not having very much alone time because I have the kids with me pretty much most of the time, except for when Aaron takes them on a walk or something. Um, And uh, not getting to be around a lot of other people or hardly any people. So, which is hard for me because I'm extremely extroverted. So, so that's been hard.
3: Well, it makes me feel like this is kind of awesome because you get to simultaneously have alone time, and yeah. you get to be social <laughs> and an extrovert and be celebrated.
0: It's nice to, to make. It's nice to talk with people on the phone too. I feel like phone conversations are coming back. Maybe radio shows will be coming back too. Um, podcasting so, is for sure. Podcasting, yeah.
3: I don't know if it's coming back. It's definitely. I mean, it's it's a a, a medium that's on the rise, but it's definitely been a saving grace for me. As someone who is uh, quarantining in maybe just as lucky a situation, but just a different flavor in that I'm totally alone, which has Mm -hmm. its own uh, wrinkles. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, this podcast, I've... Like, I entered this season with an ambitious attitude. Like, I wanted to put out the app, and I wanted to do all Mm -hmm. this stuff. But now it's very much... Therapeutic. I hope it's still entertaining. I mean, it's built to mm-hmm. be therapeutic, but for me, oh man, I need these. So, uh, I, so thank Aww, you very much so for yeah. uh, agreeing to for consenting to come on the show. It's with so many songs in the app. There's a good chance we'll probably be asking <laughs> you back at some point when it, when cool. the next time your song comes up. But uh, you want to talk about how you feel like the song Gator? Well, t- t- just tell us a little bit first, give us a little bit of background on that song, Gator, which was recorded yeah. in at one of our live shows in Seattle in 2009.
0: Okay. Sure. Um, yeah, that was kind of crazy for me because I don't think I'd heard that song in a long time. Um, and uh, I'm in a different place in my life now, but it was very familiar. And uh, th- yeah, it was a good recording, so that was cool to hear. It comes off as kind of being a little bit of a happy song, but it's really sad, too. It's kind of about, you know, loving someone and then wanting to be with them, but realizing that in order to be with somebody, you kind of have to figure out where your breaking point is, what your deal breakers are, and be open about that. and Say what you need and and figure out what they need you know, discuss that stuff and make sure that it matches up and not just go along with things as they are and be unhappy if you're if, if things aren't matching up. So that was a big thing for me to figure out in my life. And
3: In the song Are You the Gator that comes out every time you don't get laid?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think I just get. Yeah, I think it was sort of about how. I mean, sexuality is so important. And for me, it's important to me. And it's also tied in with emotions and stuff. And so.
3: And it's a terrain that you. Mm-hmm. The way that <laughs> uh, They Might Be Giants might sing about science a lot.
4: Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's 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 a terrain that I explore in my song.
3: Yeah, yeah, as a as a reality and as a metaphor and as as poetry. I think it's yeah. I think but so yes, when you I think it's important that listeners who are not may may not be familiar with your catalog know that there's a lot of sexual imagery in a lot of your songs.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think most of my songs are kind of about uh, well, you know, it's like sex and death and and uh, love and uh, loss and um, dealing with with loss and with uh, the space between people and uh, that sort of thing. yeah, my my mom died when I was fourteen, and so that was sort of the big tragedy of my life, and I not sort of. That that was the big tragedy of my life and I have been working that out creatively and therapeutically in different ways and I think that it got worked out a lot in my relationships especially uh, I don't know at the time, at that time at the time that I was having relationships with different people or, or just trying to figure out how to be with people and be in love and that sort of thing and it came up a lot sort of being afraid of being abandoned but then also really wanting to be with someone and then also sort of wanting to run away and then uh just really wanting to have sex a lot and wanting to i don't, express well, i think
3: there's there's something about people should understand that also you were very much a part of the culture of Olympia in the 90s which was also like it was just there's a lot of when you're talking about this I want to like have some sort of cohesive understanding that it's like also artistic and revolutionary and tied Mm -hmm. into something a lot of people when you talk about this stuff they're going to get this idea that you're showing up in some racy titillating thing and that's not it it's much more (laughs) like the, yeah. again it's it's i think i i think I, I always thought that they might be giants were a nice touchstone in that they're they write funny songs that yeah. are not funny they use funny yeah they have a sense of humor in their songs about things that are not funny at all and a specificity about it and a, a personalness yeah.
0: Yeah. right and they might be giants were probably a big influence on me in some ways cuz i loved them so much uh...
3: From, loved since, what happened yeah i, you don't like I love in... them still no i mean they're, <laughs> they're still with us i was
0: gonna say they. i loved them since i was 12. i've loved them since i, I was 12. yeah yes. i love they might be giants so so yeah i yeah i think that yeah people if they hear that my songs are about sex they probably assume something about that i think a lot of things art that's made about sex is more about um, titillation or performing something that people feel like they're supposed to perform for society, you know what I mean? And for me it's more like well like in that song that I've been talking about how the gators come out, it's that I'm talking about that when I'm feeling sexual it's very it's a very emotional kind of feeling and that it it kind of gets into a core of myself that's very vulnerable and can get kind of dangerous. So it it can turn into me being uh, kind of dangerous and angry or feeling that way. The dark Um,
3: feminine, I mean, the gator, the submerged, you know, and I can't help, but also you're, you're one of my, in a in a town where there aren't a lot of, Jews, you're one of my Jewish friends, and the the gator, and it's like you talk about the you're talking about the southern gator, but I can't help but also think of the crocodile and the Nile. Your Egyptian side comes out,
2: and not to <laughs> yeah, not I to guess. speak
3: bad of Egyptians, modern right. Egyptians, but the idea no. of the part of you that is the oh boy, we have a we have a are you hearing that? We're having one of these military helicopter flyovers really low over my oh, house. Oh
0: no, I don't hear it.
3: I mean, I might even just keep that in because that's one of the weird things that's been going on. I've been getting these really weird flight patterns over my house. That is so weird. A huge cargo plane that flew over my house just the other day flying west. You're near the capital, I'm right by the, the capital, capital and right? it was low, yeah. and it was heading west, which which planes Aww. never do. Anyway, so point is that there's the, the gator yeah. when you sing it that shadow imagery is very rich for me.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's that thing of there that there's this deep, vulnerable, intense not 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 always pretty sexuality energy that um and and there is a a part of that that is joyful and exuberant and true and funny even and then there's also this really dark side to it there's there's both sides to it so
3: no just because i'm i'm always curious about this as someone who grew up around riot girl but was never really i mean obviously for many for obvious reasons i was not a or in riot girl Uh uh but uh when, you ta- when I think of the dark feminine, for me, my first association with it was, before I knew what it was, was Riot uh-huh. girl uh, oh. Just, you know, it, I felt it in my si- mm-hmm. sister. I guess I probably felt it from my mother and her generation as well. But to mm-hmm. me, that all just seemed golden. Like, all of their mm-hmm. struggles just seemed, like, so glorious when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they were all winning and... I don't know. That's just what it looked like to me. Your
0: your mother's yeah your mother's
2: yeah struggles? yeah oh
0: yeah, they were yeah they might have been excited to, kind of, express them like that and
3: perform their victories for me mm-hmm. to teach me the mm-hmm. to teach me their victories, whereas right. I got to experience the struggle of my mm-hmm. sisters, happening side by side with me, sometimes directed at me, sometimes right. for good reasons, right in, t- in terms of taking me to task and or for things. And yeah. so I'm just curious for you as someone who came up in that and maybe didn't have sometimes maybe like the barrier makes it because I couldn't be included made it look, made it be something I think <laughs> about more maybe. Um, um, so I'm just curious when you talk about the dark feminine and that energy and I think of yeah. that time, do you associate, associate it with that energy of Olympia and Riot Girl uh, and all that stuff that was going on in Olympia at that time?
0: I mean, maybe a little bit, I I think for me there, um, well, there's a few things. Um, there was, so I think that so yeah, I I was also raised by a feminist mother and, and father too. Um, I think I've told you that before. So who, you know, were trying to be pretty enlightened and, and all this, but of course it's still been raised in our society. And, uh, and then I was dealing with our society. And I think there was this thing where I felt really clear about who I was and really strong when I was a little girl. At some point, I just felt really like I know who I am and I'm strong and I can yell and I can do whatever I need to do and I can do anything a boy can do, you know, all that stuff, Um, which is pretty Riot girl. Really? yeah no you've
3: always yeah. as long as i've known you and i've known you since you' were, we met when we were both pretty young but you were younger than me when we met yeah and you've always been transparent no no mm-hmm. shame no like in the best possible way so yeah i get that I totally yeah. believe that you were that when you were 12 like at some point when you were before i met you maybe when you were listening to they might well Be when i was little
0: yeah yeah well when i was 12 it was a little different but but when I was a kid, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, there there was a point, I think my early childhood was felt really idyllic to me, and I also felt very, um, like that, very strong and very much myself. And then at some point, I think uh, I got kind of a bit beaten down by society and kind of told what I was supposed to be. And I mean, I don't think I was ever very good at being that, but <laughs> I... I did feel a little bit... I, I did have year, years when I was quiet, quieter, or when I was, I don't know, wounded, at least by it, mm-hmm. um, and and then I went, probably, middle school was probably the worst, yeah. um, but... But even before, and it, although I was listening to They Might Be Giants, so maybe. Well, you
3: know, I I bet the I bet there's a Venn diagram of kids who have good experiences <laughs> in middle school and kids who get into <laughs> They Might Be Giants, and there's very yeah. little crossover.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But um, I think, but yeah, I mean, so I went to an alternative school too, and then in about the, well, this is like a deep cut, but when I was so I went to an alternative school and I was really happy there, and then. Uh, and then I think at the end of third grade, I was going to go to a regular school because that school was like it only went to the third grade. And also, I think maybe it was shutting down. Some it was complicated. And then also my mother got cancer <clears throat> that summer. She got leukemia. So I was dealing with that. And then I just arrived in the fourth grade, sort of shell shocked from all of that, um, have to, having to go to a normal school and dealing with my mom having cancer, and I kind of shut down and was really quiet for a few years. Read a lot of science fiction.
3: Well, can I back up here? You said you, um, you were in fourth grade when that happened, but you yeah. were
0: the summer the summer before fourth grade. So
3: it yeah. was a, it was a a long a long process. Her illness.
0: Well, my mom had leukemia and then she went into remission and then she died later. So she died when I was 14. So so she was better when I was in, ju- in junior high school, but uh, junior high school was still horrible. Uh, yeah, and then I'd already had the pattern of not really fitting in and being miserable at school. And then she got me into an alternative school, a public alternative school for high school. And that was much better, and I was happier there, although I was sort of recovering from middle school still. And then that that spring of that year, she died. So she sort of had made sure that I was in a good place, and then she died of an aneurysm. So that was intense and awful, and she was an amazing mom. So... I had a lot to deal with, and I think I tend to think of my childhood before the, before fourth grade as being really idyllic, and then after that I was kind of wounded and dealing with a lot of stuff, and then by by college, I I remember I ha- I was my first band, well no my second band. Uh, technically, but, um, my second van in college, super duo
3: at, uh, this was at Evergreen state college in Olympia in the early nineties.
0: Yeah. I was probably 20, 19 or 20. And
3: it was a truly super duo.
0: Yeah. And so we, and I wasn't technically, I like, I wasn't officially a riot girl. I don't think I, I think there was an official club you could join. And I don't think I was in that, but Um, I mean, I was definitely inspired by some of that stuff, but yeah, I just remember me and my bandmates talking about how we felt like, even though they had had really different life experiences than me, just growing up as a woman at that time, that we felt like we remembered being really powerful when we were kids, feeling powerful, and then sort of getting beaten down. And then, and now we were like, well, we want to be like that again. We want to be ourselves and just not put up with that crap and and really be real and so that was why our first we had we put out a tape and it had kind of uh these images of kids on it um saying things like I want to be an opera singer I want to be a rock star I can be whoever I want to be kind of thing because that was that was where that came from and then like later that got, people were interpreting that as also we played toy instruments. So we didn't, we we were acoustic a lot and kind of lo-fi, which was a thing at the time. And so then that was getting interpreted probably by men mostly, but who knows by who as, as you know, Oh, look at these little girls playing their little toy instruments, how cute kind of thing. And that was not how we wanted to be seen at all so then we put a kavash on all of the kid imagery but but the strength of where that was coming from was definitely what we wanted to be doing and then even later with solo stuff or with and with other bands I've always sort of I'm trying to express stuff through my music that is real and feels important to express it's a it's a way that i work through stuff often that i work through stuff i'm angry about um or uh really upset about and just get out so yeah the other thing i was gonna say just about sexuality too is that even though my mom um uh, died when i was 14 she was really a big believer in um birth control and um, the consent, which is like a big thing in the 80s. M- not a lot of people talked about consent the way we do now. Mm-hmm. And my, my mom, I remember her like talking to me about it in the car. And I was like, I'm not interested in having sex right now. Obviously she's like, of course, that's fine. Like, you know, you're 12. That's great. You know, but I just want you to know that when you, do want to have sex with someone that that's going to bring up a lot of feelings so just so you know that a lot of emotions might come up and 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 just so you know uh you can say no and and if you can't say no then how can you say yes so it's really important to know that you can say no so that then if you want to do something that you can say yes and it comes from your heart it's real you know both both it's important that you can say either and anyway she was she really felt that i think too so so i guess uh
3: <laughs> well that's a a perfectly awkward time for me to switch the subject to the other to the part <laughs> of the question yeah uh, okay which is christian's question about the tv show community have you ever watched the tv show community
0: Yes.
3: So you are—you have a familiarity with community and uh, p- perhaps the character Starburns. <gasps> Which
0: one is Starburns? I've seen the show before, but
3: he's the one in the top hat. He's like—he's like—he's not one of the main characters. He's a side character. He's sort of—he's usually up to some mischief. He's one of the other students in in this weird community college, and he has sideburns that are cut in the shape of stars. So they call him Starburns. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's a he, he, maybe he's a deep cut, but you are familiar with the show community. Yes, did, I've you, seen did, the
0: show before. Did, did I feel like bad it? that I don't know who he is. Yeah, I, yeah, I liked it all right. I don't think it was my favorite, but I but I liked it. I think it I think it got better over time. It got kind of weirder, and I liked that.
3: It kept getting weirder. It did it did that.
0: Like in the beginning I was like it it this show doesn't make any sense. And then by the later on I was like, "Oh, cool. It doesn't make any sense."
2: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> yeah i think aaron liked it
3: what was your takeaway from the i guess the full gestalt of the question about meeting starburns it doesn't have to be about like starburns could mean a lot of different things for you it could be the person that you want to meet it could just mean how do you, what do you how do you relate mm-hmm. to those words but what do you think about your song gator as the answer to christian's question In part, not necessarily just for will Christian meet Starburns, but if this was your question, if you were asking Mm -hmm. this question, you found yourself somehow enunciating these words, will I ever get to meet these Starburns, whatever that means to you. How do you think Gator answers that question?
0: I think it says... (laughs) I think it says that It's you might or might not get to, but you're going to have to be clear about what you want and try to make it happen. And then if it's not going to happen, then let go.
3: Yeah. Don't get angry. If you don't get the, if you don't get what you want or if you do let yourself get angry.
0: Yeah. You might let yourself get angry, but don't just like hang on for forever. Just, you know, pining and not being happy. Sometimes you have to let go of a little bit of happiness in order to um, have the chance at being really happy later on.
3: Ooh, that's good. That's some wisdom <laughs> you just laid on Thanks. the listeners here, oh, Jenny Jenkins. That's cool. I
0: had to learn that the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> it's important.
3: So, so uh, okay, well, one more bit of business before we get to your question for the pop oracle. Which right. is what do you think about the song of the day every day, every night? Actually, uh, the the app, our Radio Eight Ball app, generates a randomly chosen song of the day that goes for the next twenty four hours, shows up, is featured on our website. It grabs from all of the songs within the app, and today's was Veda Hillie's song, A Toast, which she performed in Olympia mm-hmm. on February 22nd, 2017. Hmm. And I had some ideas. I I had not listened to it until right before we started, which is pretty much how the listeners experienced this. And you had the same experience. So mm-hmm. did you have any particular synchronicities with that song today?
0: Um, I thought it was really appropriate for this moment. I was... I, I liked it a lot and I was sitting here with the rain raining outside listening to it and and it seemed very appropriate for what we're going through right now although maybe that's just me but um,
3: well there was a, there was the really nice part of it right? it's a toast to good ideas they may not turn into mm-hmm. trees but they some but they're good. And there's something else there's a better line there
0: yeah i think i think there was stuff about sort of being with with the being with the people that you know just being with a, a few people that you love and and listening to things coming off of the lake or something and if <laughs> and like appreciating the quiet moment kind
3: of. i love it it's i love the projective because what i got was like hey you know what it's okay to have a drink you're alone <laughs> So. Have a drink, a toast to good ideas, not people. You have ideas, you have, a, you have wine.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It may not turn into trees.
0: <laughs> you <may> not,
3: <laughs> when you're this like is the
0: difference between <laughs> our experiences.
2: Right yes. Now. We're
3: both. Pro- it's basically saying and be appreciative. And we both appreciated right. something in our own experience. Um, right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think, I have to think, Veda, I don't know if she'll listen to this. She probably won't. Maybe she will. But if she does, I can imagine, I can hear her laughing at mm-hmm. that with us right there. Because mm-hmm. I think she would get a kick out of
0: that. <laughs> yeah. it It's cool how you can make a song and that's so specific that it it's very general. <laughs> like, everybody, people can relate to these very specific details in, in this way that... Uh, they don't relate to generalities, if that makes any sense.
3: Yeah, but, and I think also mm-hmm. Veda, like the best, just the best songwriters, best writers. There are these twists of intuition where she'll mm-hmm. put lines together that only that don't make sense except in her mind and in her voice. And by singing them for us, she creates the bridge so that you can go from a toast <laughs> of to good ideas. They may not turn into trees. Yeah. Like that does make sense because she's singing it. But if you just if someone just Mm -hmm. wrote those as like an equation in something that wasn't poetry, it wouldn't make sense. You'd be like, I think you're I think uh, your spell checks off or something. Right, 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 right. Let's get down to your question, because uh, because I have I imagine it's going to open up a whole can of worms. Well, I don't know. Can of something. It's gonna hold mm. up, Open up a whole can of Jenny, and I want to get into mm-hmm. it. So, I got my spoon. Yeah. I got, <laughs> oh man. Open this can. Yeah. Up.
0: Now I'm like I'm wondering if I should change what my question was, but
3: really, well, you can, you can change. You know, you can change it right up to the moment. You don't have to. I I know I yeah. ask you to have it at the ready.
0: Yeah, I know. I just um,
3: take a moment, take a breath, think about it. <laughs>
0: Um, i'm looking at my question and i kind of am wondering if it was answered by veda hilly's song oh really <laughs>
2: yeah well do
3: you if you know you're going to change it then tell us what the question is and if you think you're going to ask it then let's just ask it and we can it can it can be answered by the whole show this is your synchronicity
2: and yeah. it
0: freaks me out freaks you out. Well, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> quoting
3: Beyond the Valley at all It hits
0: my happening and it freaks me out. Yeah. Um but this is okay, the happening, question appening. was, but cuz I think it got answered. So this says, "Where can I find strength and positive momentum at this weird time?" Oh. Yeah.
3: I would definitely, you know, I'd go I'd stick with what's what you got is an answer to that one, rather than look behind door number one. Right. That's, that's a good answer. A toast. Yeah. To good ideas, to good ideas. I mean, really that's one of the things it's true. It's like, it's the one thing. Well, not the one thing, but it's one of the things that we can't, that, that we don't need anything else for. You go for, you can take, go a walk around the block and have a good idea. And be happy with it all day long. Maybe all week long. Maybe all year long if it's a really good one. Yeah. You know? Radio 8 Balls kept me going for (laughs) 22.
0: Okay, so. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I'm going to just. So, I'm going to ask a different question now. Okay. So, I've got it in there.
3: Okay. So.
0: And then. hmm? So, so now, and do I take a picture
3: of it or something? Oh, no, no. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's do the ritual of it. Okay. So. Okay. Jenny Jenkins. What is your question for the pop Oracle?
0: Okay. My question is how do I help my kids to be happy? Woo.
3: How do you yeah. help your kids to be happy now? Engage the pop Oracle by giving it a shake. Okay.
0: Okay. Oh wow! Thinking about it. Oh. Do I do something? Do tell, I say? Well, tell me.
3: Yeah, tell me what it is.
0: Oh, it says France, uh, Amelia.
3: France by Amelia. And the name of that song
4: was? France.
3: Hey, so uh, I just sent you a couple of links. I sent you uh, the the uh, lyrics and then I'm, I'm going to talk about this synchronicity in the mm-hmm. segment here, but I'd love for you to open up the, did you skip the link I sent you about Amelia, the band?
0: Oh, I'll, I'll look for the link right now.
3: And that was Amelia, the band Amelia the song France recorded on KAOS in Olympia as a part of a radio eight ball show on January 10th, 2006. That was the answer to Jenny Jenkins question. How do I help my kids to be, to be happy? How do I help my kids to be happy? And that was the answer from Amelia, the song France and uh, France, France, France. And um, there was a, there's a, powerful synchronicity right off the top that i was present to that jenny wasn't when she was listening to it which is that uh the lead singer of the band amelia uh tisha helgerson uh died you know died several uh, years ago at the age of 42 of leukemia and you were just talking Mm -hmm. about your mother's that was your mother's uh battle so honestly as you were listening to it i was sitting here uh just being rocked by that synchronicity. And I just, I just sent it to you. So I don't know what your feelings are. Um, I, I want to leave, give it to you to, to what's your response to that and to the song is the answer to your question. It seemed so powerful to me.
0: Yeah, that was really crazy. Um, so, so the other thing is that, um, it says she was 42 and, um, so there's been discussion about this. Um, I thought my mom was 42 when she died. And then my dad was like, no, I think she was 40. Like basically there's been all these, like the last couple years. So I, I'm 43 now. And um, last year and this year I kept on kind of freaking out that I was about the same age as my mom when she died. Anyway, she was, 40, she, she was 42 um amelia so right around the same time and my dad um we all have add apparently so we're not very good at remembering anything anyway
2: and she's from
0: also
3: she's from portland
0: and she's from portland which is where yeah where you're from
3: kind of that's around that area that's where the big city around where you grew up
0: yeah exactly so
3: yeah and then i was just you know and i was. I have to say when you were telling the story about your mother teaching you about boundaries in the car yeah I was so I I the I was personally being moved but I was also the the antenna of my the producer antenna and he was like oh this is this is a story that is going to have people listening and being moved the same way I am like that is such a beautiful story and then to have this as the answer and mm of just it almost ugh, this is for you to say and not me but it did have this strong feeling of like you like i don't know if it was me i would say i'd spe- i'd summon the spirit of my fa- my dead father who i mm. you know, like if i had that experience i would be like oh he's here you know or like something uh-huh. so you know, and and that you're talking about your kids or grandkids and There's just something, it almost was so much that I couldn't quite, uh, I started to listen to the lyrics and then I got so into the context, but I sent you the lyrics as well. Yeah. What did you think? Well, yeah. What did you think about that is just the answer to your question?
0: Well, it's intense, I guess. Well, the first thing I thought of, so I missed the first few lines when, um, and then I went back to listen to them again. Um. So, so the first kind of listen, I sort of uh, just—it sounded sad, and, and I was, um, I was thinking about um, that. Maybe the answer is that you know, uh, I can't really make my kids happy. You know, <laughs> like that you can't really make anyone happy, or I mean that maybe you gotta let go of that a little bit. And then there was a part of the saddest of eyes, the longest of face, and then and all this. And uh, and then the last bit was, you know, the way that everything I wasted, I now carry. It, I, and I don't even know if I was listening. I mean, it's good to see the actual lyrics, but I was um, feeling like that maybe the way to help them to be happy is to not give them the things that I carry, you know, that not, not give them the burdens that I carry or try not to, um, or to let go of them, the burdens or something. But then I went back and I got to the beginning and it was sort of about, you know, dancing and, uh, and and that sort of thing. And sort of, it's almost like enjoying sadness a little bit. Um, and, uh, that sort of thing, but I didn't know about all those other synchronicities at that
2: point. Right,
3: right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And nor, nor did, nor did Amelia when she was, yeah, singing this song in 2006 on our show.
0: Yeah, that's so sad that she died.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's <sighs> this is the first I. The listeners are going to get sick of me saying this, but it's I'm so present to it each time. Every time that someone picks one of these. When you when there's that Schrodinger's cat moment in between when you ask the question and you shake it, and then the song plays and you tell me who it or you tell me who the song it is, there's this because that's who's gonna be the guest, and I know that there are people in here. Paul Plagans is in here. When his mm. song comes up, I'm gonna it's gonna wreck me. I'm gonna I'm about to figure yeah. out how to do the next show and somehow in a way that honors him. I got to figure out now figure I'm going to try and reach out to some of her bandmates and see if maybe one of them wants to come on and and talk yeah. about her and about this song, and maybe there's some synchronicity
0: there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, and it was, yeah, and it's weird that I didn't even, that I, yeah, and I changed the question right before right. And everything. Right. So, yeah. But there, there is mean, there's
3: something very positive in here. I just wanted to tie, the, the two lines, mm-hmm. of, well, there's the dancing, there's mm-hmm. the making up stories for fun, and yeah. then there's, and then what i thought was just so right on the money for where we're at i saw the same matinee for a week every day <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah
3: read the credits and stayed until the end maybe Do you uh, have oh, yeah
0: go on oh i oh i just gave me such an intense memory of like yeah when you're a kid and and you have a movie that you like and you just watch it every day for a while
4: Back yeah
0: before we had uh, as many options, um, yeah. So I was just thinking of the movies that w- I watched what What's up, Doc?
3: Oh yeah! Oh my God, <laughs> I love you. That's why we're friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nobody,
2: you're Thank you.
3: nobody. Oh God, I love that movie.
0: <laughs> Me too. It's so good. Yeah, I think again. Barbara Streisand like one... is
3: like it's the. It's, I think it might be the only film I like Ryan O'Neill in. And I'm sorry, right? No, there's others. There's a few others. He's not my favorite actor. No, right. But but, he's great in that. And Barbara Streisand is as. Yes. She's as good as anyone. She's as good as, like, comedically as good Mm -hmm. as anyone on film ever. Mm -hmm. I love you, Gene Wilder. You know, I love you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I love you, all the great. I love you, uh, Barbara Stanwyck. But, Yes. Peter Sellers are oh, no, fantastic, but yeah, at, in that she's
0: amazing. Film, yeah, the, yeah, the movie is amazing. I love yeah, it. I mean, Sorry. I grew up watching. I, no, it's fine. I I love it too. I grew up watching Get Smart, you know,
2: yeah. but
0: um as well. But I, um, which is from the same uh, uh, writer director. No, know, no,
3: Bogdanovich. What's up, Doc? Is yes. Bogdanovich? And uh, I feel like there's a smart there's a Brooks. writer
0: that is. There's something between the two. that, that uh, I can't remember what it is.
3: Okay, well, you know, I'm going to do but a little anyway, research here. But
0: anyway, yes, I guess we could look it up right now. But um, yeah, so I used, to, like again, like from probably when I was 12, and I was listening to They Might Be Giants a lot, like we recorded What's Up Doc off the TV. And so we had a VHS tape of it. And me and my sister used to watch it every day. And there was some point in my 20s when I realized that, I was like, oh, huh. Like, I watched the movie again. It had been a long time. And I was like, huh. You're right. It was Buck you know... Henry
3: who recently died. Just the, yes, Buck Henry. Who wrote, yes. he was a writer on Get Smart, and he was a writer yes. on... So,
0: yeah, I was. I watched this movie again, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have that hat. And, like, I bought a hat. I was like, I love this hat. Yeah, it was the kind of hat that she wore in it. and And I was like, oh, like, my boyfriend's from Iowa? I'm <laughs> like, there's like, yeah. And like he, Ryan, the Ryan O'Neill characters from Iowa in that movie. But the thing that really hit me about it at the time when I was 12 was I think, again, I'd always sort of been brought up like this is, so I was brought, I'm um, like, my mom and my family its said like, be who you are, all this. But then you get all these messages. I'm like, well, I guess I'm supposed to, when I fall, you know, I guess that you sort of wait for a boy to ask you out and then you just have to like say yes or (laughs) maybe say no. But like you sort of wait for someone to ask you out and then you get to decide if you like them or not or something. And I'm not very passive and I don't know if I would. I don't know. It's just not really my style. (laughs) and um to wait around to be asked out, and, uh you're, and was, barb, uh you're more of a
3: barb you're more of a Barbara streisand type yes that North was the Africa. first
0: time and that was the first time i'd really seen a woman doing that like oh i like him i'm Just gonna pursue him going
3: after him yeah yeah uh, and she's yeah. great and, oh man you're she's right amazing
0: and she was like yeah and he was kind of like quiet and shy and you know really smart and a little awkward and kind of like the
3: guy you ended up with
0: yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm. I apologize. He's.
3: I, well, I apologize for anything I said about Ryan O'Neill. It's. I think he's wonderful in that no. film.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. But the character. Yeah. It's a little. So. Anyways, like that. Your and, guy isn't anything. And, uh, like,
3: and in the best way, your guy is nothing like Ryan O'Neill.
0: Oh yeah. No. 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 Just like yeah. No. It, no. Not at all. And he's not quite like that character either. But just enough that you're yeah. like, huh. Interesting, yeah. Interesting. How did that shape me? So, anyway, yeah. Not to totally get uh, go off on a tangent, but yeah.
3: And you know what? Wait a second. I am currently in a relationship with someone who pursued me with the doggedness of Barbara Streisand in that movie.
0: (gasps) Oh my goodness!
3: Congratulations. So maybe that also set like this unrealistic (laughs) ideal for me as well. Yeah. If someone's not willing to like to basically destroy a hotel for you.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe that's not meant to be, huh?
3: (laughs) I also want to say, I just noticed this. I had never, I've known this film forever. It's written by, this is amazing. It's written by Peter Bogdanovich, Buck Henry, and David Newman and Robert Benton, who wrote Bonnie and Clyde.
2: Oh, wow.
3: (laughs) In the early seventies. This is, that's like, it's shot by Laszlo Kovacs. It's yeah, this is so set up to be awesome. And interestingly, mm-hmm. well, maybe, maybe not because this is the job that women got a lot, was edited by a woman named Verna Fields, who I'm not familiar with.
2: Her, oh, but. cool. Anyway,
3: cool. um, bringing it back... So that was one... I, yes. th- what's another? I'm afraid to ask you what another film that you watched all the time was, on the off chance that I also have as many thoughts about. it.
0: <sighs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, that was probably the big one that. I oh, watched then let's the just time. stick with I, that
3: because I loved that yeah. we got to do an appreciation of yeah. What's Up, Doc. Oh
0: yeah. I mean, I think yeah. When when I was little, my dad bought a. My dad bought the last video disc player. Um, Right before they stopped, like when, after that, (laughs) everything went to VHS for, he was, yeah, we could suddenly, we could afford to get a video disc player. And anyway, so there was a time when I was, when my sister always wanted to watch um, Dumbo and I wanted to watch Raggedy Ann and Andy, um, which was a musical and more adventurous, I think, and not as depressing. But I mean, well, they're both musicals. I don't know. But that was when we were littler. I feel like what's up doc is really the yeah. formative movie yeah. yeah do you have a formative movie Andra, like that that you watched every day
3: uh <laughs> see mm-hmm. i'm a little bit older so we didn't have like vhs was after
0: yeah i was there's already... some stuff you have to wait until it was on in the middle of the night or something yeah
3: like... i mean i mm-hmm. i was one of those kids i was the right age it's a cliche now but it you know it got me beat up a bunch mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. Um Aww. uh I was was so into Star Wars. I went to Star Wars like 16 times yeah. the summer it came yeah. out. I mean I went there I went I basically went every week with my allowance and it wow. ran forever. I and I and it was became a thing of like mm-hmm. okay this is going to be my I'm going to go and walk down to the state theater and in mm-hmm. Olympia and watch like the The projection, it got to the point where the theater was empty (laughs) and the projectionist like knew me. I guess I was (laughs) Uh that kid who came to the movie every day by himself. Uh So that was my, if I can think of one thing that I watched. And then also there was, I mean, What's Up Doc was one of them because my folks got the Mm -hmm. test version of HBO. Mm -hmm. like you got a sample version we had it for i feel like we had it for like three or six months
0: that's probably what we taped it off of
3: yeah and i remember that ran all the time and spy who loved me ran all the time i feel like there's probably a couple of others we
0: had like like we had a vhs recorder and my dad recorded some movies on like slp like really bad quality we had like the third star wars movie we had um Oh man, Kismet!
3: <laughs> Kismet. That was one, one of those. Kismet. It's so funny. That's one of those musicals yes. that I should watch because Kismet and Synchronicity are basically the same thing. Mm. But I've never. Oh. It's one well, of those. I yeah. was
0: no, not the musical. See, now that's interesting because I was in the musical Kismet. Um, I was in the musical Kismet again when I was twelve. Um, but but this no, but there was that. No, sorry, it wasn't Kismet. Ishtar. Ah, that, the great. Well, ish- that's a
3: whole other thing.
0: Ishtar. Say, yeah, yeah, we had that on VHS, so we watched that a lot. Oh. Not necessarily because we loved it, but because it, we had it. Oh, but we com- also had. That makes so much
3: sense. That makes. Yes,
0: it does to you. <laughs> and we had Throw Mama from the Train.
3: Which is funny. That's funny. It's a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know, a little, Ishtar, first of all. Little Dark. Di- yeah. Directed by Elaine May. Uh, the great Elaine May. And it has all that funny music stuff at the beginning. Yeah. That is sort of like.
0: It's got some good stuff in it, but it, yeah, it's, it's like such proto, a weird movie.
3: It's like, <laughs> if they might be giants mm-hmm. weren't smart. Mm-hmm. But it has, to me, it's smart people making, like people Mm -hmm. who are smart about songwriting making fun Mm -hmm. of it, doing it in a dumb way. And then I can just, I kind of, in my mind, I imagine the Johns from They Might Be Giants watching that Mm -hmm. and being like, I mean, although they're older than me, so they, who knows, maybe they would be. But somehow something of, actually, that's wrong. I can't imagine them doing that at all. But in my mind, there's something about culturally, like, As a culture, when I watched that, I thought, this is really funny. And then when I heard They Might Be Giants, I was like, oh, this is like that level of funny, but so much Mm -hmm. smarter and actually really good. Yeah. But, you know, that's written by Paul Williams. Those songs are written by a great songwriter. Um, yeah we really we were trying we're using films the way your kids will use films to be be happy because we totally got away from everything else and we're just having a blast talking about movies which is great i know
0: i'm like that other i know i'm like oh death is so sad (laughs) it's so intense and yes i should let go of my baggage about it and yes it's really hard because you can't really make your kids be happy and
2: I but mean, you can share this oldest.
0: is but,
3: but you can share dances and you can share stories and you yeah. can sh- share films yes. together and honestly yes. you, you ask what I remember I do have mm-hmm. great me- my best memories my best memories of childhood are sitting mm-hmm. next to my mom or my dad because they ended up splitting up when I was pretty young
2: mm-hmm.
3: and watching a movie with them and either laughing or crying together while we were watching Aww. um, And those moments, like I remember watching Cool Hand Luke with my dad and us both crying mm-hmm. at the end. And it was like, it's something Aww. that's going to be with me for my like my whole life.
0: That's great. Yeah.
3: Or watching funny movies or like, I remember watching like thir- movies, like black and white thirties movies. Like I remember watching uh, mm-hmm. A Night at the Opera with my mom on, it was on TV and just, oh, yeah. I'd never seen the Marx Brothers before. And you could tell, I know she must've been so excited to be, showing me the Marx Brothers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I and it it worked because it you know it was was awesome yeah oh
2: yeah
0: maybe maybe I mean I've been feeling guilty about the screen time I mean it's hard right now with I mean it's already hard my my eight-year-old is just an amazing kid and also just she's got a really complicated sort of challenging uh 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 set of genes from me and her dad and uh and she's quite the character and it's pretty hard sometimes um i think she's going to be just amazing i mean she already is amazing but it's it's hard right now and um you know so i i think uh i think uh I struggle with it, with how to help her and how to, I don't know, just how to deal sometimes (laughs) because there's some stuff, I think there's some stuff she's so much like me in certain ways and I try to, and I want to impart my knowledge that I've gained, like, I know, honey, I know you want to make your school assignments way harder than they need to be, and like I know that you want everything, you want to be perfect, and I know, like I understand you have really strong emotions, and honey, I, I have been through this, and I can tell you that it's probably better to relax about it a little bit, and like I, like, I want to give her that wisdom, but I'm like, no, she, she's not going to take it that she, she won't, she'll listen to me sometimes, but there's a lot of stuff she just needs to make her own mistakes and and won't let me just tell her no i've made those mistakes just skip them go ahead (laughs)
2: don't
0: don't do what i don't do what i did do what i think i should have done no it's not gonna work you know and so she's got she's got all of that um not to i don't know how much i should say on Your podcast. Yeah.
3: And you know what? If there's any, if there, if you decide that, uh, I'll send it to you when it's all done. Mm -hmm. If you decide there's anything you want to cut out, I'd rather that you err on the side of speaking freely, knowing that you can cut anything out.
0: Fine. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah, I just, I think it's just, and probably everybody's kids are so like that to some degree. Like, you want them to be happy. They're a lot like you. You sort of think about, like, how can I help you to not make the mistakes I made? And then, they're like, no, I got to make my mistakes anyway. Maybe different ones too, but also some of the same ones. So so that's hard and I don't know. I, I just love them so much and I want them... And this is such a weird time because they can't really hang out with friends and they can't really go places. So, you know, I don't know what to do some of the time and just trying to help them. I'm hoping that they'll have really kind of nice memories of it in some ways that they'll be like, Oh, remember we stayed home that year and we hung out as a family a lot. And I, you know, played in the trees a lot and I got to watch extra TV and cuddle with mom and dad a lot, you know, I'm hoping that they'll have some nice memories, but it's stressful. I think for, as a parent, for sure.
3: Well, so. you know, the only thing I would suggest is it's not exactly saying for you to take the advice that you're giving her, but I will say <laughs> this, is mm-hmm. keep your mind keep your mind open and playful to the possibility of France, Amelia, mm. the imagery from this over the next week as this comes out and whatever, that there being some kind of synchronicity, like that there, there might be some synchronistic wink from the universe mm-hmm. of like you have, hear a French song or something and you'll be like, oh well, maybe this is where mm-hmm. I'm being guided. That'll be, like I uh-huh. said, you can't make, you can't like, you can't tell your kids how to be happy, but you can right. be happy yourself and allow yourself to be happy and inspired and maybe that filters into the experience and so it's a happy mm-hmm. experience and that's really all that totally. we remember, right? I mean, yeah. those times and- when I'm sitting there crying with my dad on the couch, that could be a really sad memory. Maybe for him it might even have been an, a sad memory, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a divorced father and I'm here. By myself, Aww. crying with my son. You know, but for me, I remember it as being really mm-hmm. sweet and intimate. So. Yeah. But so speaking of sweet and intimate, uh, uh, I'd like what I'd like to do is like mm-hmm. just transition this because I want to ask my question to the pop oracle. Yes. And I was wondering if you would be so kind as to venture behind the Patreon, the very thin membrane of a Patreon paywall. It's $1 mm-hmm. a month so that people can follow along and listen to my question if they so choose. It's a good one um but would you would you would you join me for that it'll just take a you know a few minutes
2: sure yeah
3: right on and uh you know i was looking around before i let, let you go i was looking around online and i was having a hard time finding your music your stuff um where's yeah. the best <laughs> I,
2: don't I mean know, there was Andrea. there's the
3: band encyclopedia of fun there's your own mm-hmm. stuff there's the Super Duo stuff. Is any of this mm-hmm. stuff out there? Can anyone find any of it?
0: I don't know. There was a thing from some of my labels, I think. Um, is Radio I mean, I 8-Ball that... the
3: greatest repository of your music that exists? It might
0: be. It might... Well, I <laughs> have some honor stuff at home. for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that the my album, um, my solo album, Oven Toucher, is around still, like, I don't know
3: Wait, if come, just it's easy let to the find, audience but... let the audience have a moment to let that sink in. Jenny Jenkins had a record called oven Toucher,
0: okay, yeah, just
3: let you, that's a fun title, <laughs>
0: yeah, and I think that yeah and especially and cover, in context
3: can... of all of the stuff we've been talking about,
0: yeah, oh yeah, and you can see that. At the cover there's on the cover, there's a painting, a picture of a painting that my friend did based on a picture. Basically, I was like, I want a picture of me reaching towards this stove with like Band-Aids on my fingers. And um, anyway, and so it's the stove in, in in the apartment building that you and I uh, both uh, used to live in, andras uh,
3: The Martin, the, the famous, the infamous Martin apartments.
0: Yes. And those crazy little weird stoves, yes. like antique stoves. Yeah. So that was on there, yeah. So Oven Toucher is out there, and I probably should make a uh, a band camp page or something. And you really uh, should.
3: The music's great, and and thanks. I'm sure yeah. you have it, and I'm sure people would enjoy it. I mean, I know you have. Do
2: mm-hmm.
3: you have? Uh, obviously, you've let it be. You know, we, what we've been talking about. You have some parenting, and you have things that you have to do. But uh, a, an anxious <laughs> na- a nation awaits. <laughs> Aww. The re-release of your yeah
0: music. maybe I'll work on that yeah I should I get distracted a lot by the kids and being tired and busy with them but but I it would be nice to put it out in some way there is a lot of stuff I'm not even sure yeah because there was even some little things like albums I made
3: yeah, we haven't even talked about like your mu- about the musical the film musical that you made yeah
0: yeah love is stupid love is stupid
3: which was a sort of one of those great olympia projects of the 90s that again uh, when that eventually finds some sort of outlet people are going to be just be nuts over it because it's such a time (laughs) capsule i mean for all its flaws in terms of like whatever the the limitations you had in terms of budget and mm-hmm. whatnot it's just a such a uh, i think Aww. of love is stupid and the transfused as being similarly um, mm-hmm. like you had to be there kind of thing but whatever mm-hmm. document exists is definitely tells you something about what about that place in that time that, necess- mm-hmm. that a lot of maybe what the music that came out and that was more popular out of that scene mm-hmm. didn't quite communicate the level mm-hmm. of I don't know, community engagement and involvement and depth of commitment to things that were ultimately Mm -hmm. futile, but so good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There was that thing. I think I remember like at some point being like, oh, realizing like, oh, it's weird. Like I'm friends like because it seems like all my friends were like making music at the time or most of them were. And then so you're who, like,
3: some well, <laughs> some of the people who were in Love Is Stupid were like Mira was in it. Right,
0: right? Mira was in it. Yeah, she's one of the main characters. Um, yeah. Um, you want
3: to describe because I brought it up, and why not document it on this podcast? You want to just tell the quick give the quick synopsis of Love Is Stupid?
0: Well, it was really like a. Um, yeah, I was sort of playing with the. I was. I was I was trying to play around with uh, stereotypical plots of movies or something and so it's like girl meets or, or that like or it sort of starts out with this girl and this boy and or, yeah and he goes off to um, he leaves and she doesn't want him to leave but he leaves he goes to outer space and then he comes back and she's seeing somebody else and um, then these aliens show up and um, it's sort of weird and there's a lot and, and it's a musical and uh, it has a happy ending I think mostly for most of them and and uh, it's 37 minutes long <laughs> and, classic, uh,
3: classic film length 37 yeah, minutes
0: was, oh my gosh I I kind of yeah I worked so hard on that It's like an movie. album I mean
3: it's it's basically like an album from the 60s. <laughs> That's
2: the link. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I recorded. I mean, so that, yeah, some of the people, so Mira's in it. Um, Mary water is in it. Um, uh, so she's, and she's, she was in, uh, Mary water was in little red car wreck and she, um, her, her band now is um, guide on bear. She, her band now is called guide on bear. And, yeah, and um, I think Anna Oxygen is in it for a few minutes, and uh, Arrington um, from Old Time Religion and many other things. Uh, he's in it for a few minutes. And uh, many Phil cast El- members of the transfused, sounds like. Yeah, a lot of transfused people. Um, Phil Elvram helped he- with it for a little bit. Um, he-, he basically, he. He, I think he mostly uh, held the boom um for like uh, uh, 10 weeks or something that's a, a you know that's awesome mm-hmm. os- that's
3: I've known some great boom operators it's a it's a, it's actually it's a it's a <laughs> yeah. very intimate job. you got the yeah. person who's doing it has mm-hmm. to be both really strong in terms of their fortitude and being able to stay in an mm-hmm. uncomfortable position for a long time but they also have mm-hmm. to be able to be sort of unobtrusive and be right there in the middle of sometimes very intimate scenes and be able to like you know just be have a good vibe because yeah when they're in the scene like that close it's usually at a point where you know it's it's some kind of intimacy going on so yeah
0: yeah totally so yeah he helped with the boom and That's
3: kind of also perfect cuz he's the microphones
0: yeah, the mic exactly. <laughs> the and micro, getting he helped... the
3: microphones with your boom <laughs> operator. Come
2: on, that isn't good.
0: Uh, I think, and then I think he helped with some of the recording too. Uh, but I was mostly doing, I was doing the recording mostly at, at Evergreen, and but he helped like, get the, I think he plays the, a drum on part of it, and, you know, that sort of thing. Because I was recording all the music, and and so all the people that were in it, you know, were singing their parts. Um, so and. Uh, I'm trying to, and then, um, what do you call, um, uh, you know, the band math and physics club.
2: Yeah.
3: Um,
0: yeah. So the guy, um,
3: Ethan Johns, Charles. Yes. Ethan Johns.
0: Thank you. Ethan Jones. Yeah. So Ethan Ethan Jones Jones. was in it. You know, I, you
3: know, I got to, Mhm we're towards the end of the podcast you know so yeah i've been we've been talking way I, too long I, I, I no think, no probably. i just no, i, I just gotta much. say you know i mean if people have listened this long just deal with this uh
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> okay
3: you know you know i'm an actor you know i sing yeah. i've been on i've been in some films at this time yeah you know, didn't you, why, How? did you even think of inviting me to be i could have i could have I could Oh, Andras,
0: I don't think I knew you then. Did I know you then?
3: Yeah, I think you did. Really? Come on. You know, the answer is I just thought you were too big a deal. Hmm. I was afraid, I was too intimidated to ask you. No. Oh,
0: yeah, that could have been it.
3: No. I, I, I,
0: remember. I think you were a little older than was, me. and cool. Yeah, you were I was probably on cool. tour
3: and doing other things. You were on tour.
0: It. Yeah, I was like, you know, I would have loved. I just people... see his name's
3: Jones, Aww. and I'm like, you picked this guy, this other Jones?
0: Aww, his name's I'm Jones, sorry. just like mine? I know. I should have made a movie with you in it. I, you know I what's was funny the... is I
3: love those guys. I actually love that band. They became <laughs> one of my favorite. Yeah. Like they, they actually, they were all actually they were all on. Uh, Ethan was actually on Radio Eight Ball mm-hmm. as part of a band.
0: Yeah. No, they're great. I I like that band too, and and uh, and Ethan's great. And yeah, no, I think you were a little like it's like you and. I think it's like you and Sandman and like that sort of like you guys were kind of like a little bit older and cooler and you were already like touring and I, we were in college. Like all these people were just people that I was in college with pretty much. Like I just made, I was making my friends be in the movie. So,
3: um, Do you know, are you familiar or do you aware that love is stupid is mentioned in math and physics clubs, Wikipedia bio?
0: really huh interesting
3: and they were in the band that was the band the band was called central services when they were on radio eight ball and Ethan was in the band central services and uh but now Mm -hmm. i'm just looking i'm going down the wikipedia rabbit hole here and seeing that yes uh and in had you want have you have you read this it says uh the the it says elsewhere ethan shared guitar chords with high school friend Carrie Brownstein, mm-hmm. and later as a student at the Evergreen State College, featured mm-hmm. in Jenny Jenkins's musical *Love Is stupid, stupid*. Wow! Opposite Mira.
0: Yeah, there that's you go. True.
3: So you're, you know, the again, an anxious nation awaits for the exploit. Like, you created so much content in the '90s, <sighs> and none of it is available. And I'm sorry, uh, you know what? I would just no, 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 that's just valuable. You just You just buried it in the ground and you're letting it, <laughs> letting it mature. The, I'm not, the world not very good ready. at putting
0: the world. Apparently is not I'm not very good tickets. at promote. <laughs> I'm not very good at promoting myself, but yeah, you, you know, there was some issues with the, um, there was some issues with, well, well, cause that movie was made on three quarter inch videotape and, Um, and there was some issues when we went to transfer it digitally or transfer it to a a digital uh, file um, with the sync. And so I have to just go back and either just transfer it again, which means the tape's probably going to have some glitches because it's old now, um, or try and figure out how to sync the audio because the audio and the video need to be sunk to really be good. I just feel like that, in particular, that movie, it's like, needs to be in sync, or it just won't, I don't know, maybe that's me being a perfectionist, but I have spent so long, Andra, thinking every, because, you know, every, every musical part. I bet
3: it's a lot easier now. I bet the tech, there's all kinds of yeah. technology that exists that syncs things where it reads the audio, reads the wave sign and puts it to void to Your- mouth's yeah like you're
0: probably right
3: there's i'm sure there are ways to do it that are easy and you know there's well you know what we should talk about this off you know we should talk about this at an, yeah off off the off the, uh, behind That's the paywall okay. come on folks we're gonna go behind the paywall right now thanks a lot jenny jenkins yes. for doing this and thank uh, you
0: for having me
3: uh, it's an honor it's an honor and a joy <laughs> Thank you for giving your attention and intention to this episode of Radio 8 Ball Season 3, The Happening, with our guest Jenny Jenkins. I have one correction to make. In our conversation, I accidentally said Amelia when I meant to say Tisha Helgerson once. Uh, I suppose it's probably an honest mistake that the band dealt with all the time. I just got word that in our next episode, we will be joined by Scott Weddell of the band Amelia to discuss our reading and talk about the band and his late songwriting partner. Until then, please remember to subscribe to Radio 8 Ball in your podcast app. And if you like our show, please help other people find us by rating and reviewing Radio 8 Ball positively. If you tell your synchronicity story, I'll read it on the show. Of course, we encourage you to download the Radio 8 Ball app from the iTunes App Store. And finally, I do hope you'll join our Patreon campaign and follow us backstage for my Pop Oracle reading, where I asked, once you've been weaponized by FB, once you've been weaponized by Facebook, can you unweaponize yourself? The Patreon link is in the show notes. We're going to go out with a track from Jenny's band Encyclopedia of Fun, the song Filling My Pockets, from their 2002 release Comprehensively Stuffed. And with that, I'm out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle.
1: I walk down the same streets every day Frame of mind and think of something new to say, but I forget it every time. I'm writing love letters and throwing them away. I'm making shopping lists, I'm filling my pockets with the Day. I at work or else I, I wake asleep too much at night I and read too much, much in into the day. day I dream about a bird no one's ever seen I know I, know I have to dream, dream of you and all the things and I know you lost. Know me Now you know we turn lost